Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Larry. Welcome to Manipod, a podcast dedicated to men over 50. Brought to you by Manipods.com. Welcome to another Manipod. I'm Larry. This is Mike. And our distinguished guest today is Daniel Petrie Jr. He's a friend, a mentor, and a very successful writer and director. He's written Beverly Hills Cop, The Big Easy, Toy Soldiers, Turner and Hooch, and many, many more movies and TV shows that you know all about. So thanks for coming, Dan. Thank yeah. you. Hey, thank I, you for having me. Manipause is so great. Thank you. <laughs> you like this, huh? Yeah. Can you tell what this says? Uh, no. But, okay. <laughs> uh, once, once, once you explained it to me, I could figure it out. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. That's good. Listen, we want, we want to get into this interview, but the funny... The funniest joke ever you told about three weeks ago when we were on the phone setting this up about... Well, that joke is the story of my life oh, these, okay. these days. And it fits in with menopause because uh, uh, I'm, I'm like the guy who is at a cocktail party and says, my wife and I stayed at this great hotel in San Francisco. Uh, let's see... Uh, What's, what's that flower that has uh, red petals and thorns? Rose? Yeah, Rose. <laughs> what hotel did we stay at in San Francisco? <laughs> that's, but that's what I've turned into. <laughs> I've turned into Rose. <laughs> that is hysterical. And, and oh my fits God. menopause oh, to yeah. a T. Absolutely. To a T, yes. Um, so I'm sure most of our fans know you already, but you come from Hollywood royalty. Tell us about your family. Well, uh, my dad uh, wrote in 1925, wrote a note to his, uh, 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 to Santa Claus uh, in, at his home in uh, uh, Glace Bay, Nova Scotia saying that he would like for Christmas a motion picture camera. And sure enough, after leaving college in Canada, going to the Canadian Army, studying uh, here, he became a television director wow. and then later a film director and was uh, responsible for such uh, memorable TV shows as Eleanor and Franklin, which he won an Emmy for, and uh, Eleanor and Franklin, The White House Years, and Harry Truman, Plain Speaking, all of which I think were Emmy winners. And he made movies uh, like uh, uh, A Raisin in the Sun with Sidney Poitier. One of my all-time favorite movies. Oh, thank mm. you. Thank you. Uh, not that I had anything. <laughs> right, no, but it was one of my all-time favorites. Oh, yeah. it, was, it was a really, oh, yeah. really good movie, and, mm -hmm. and uh, Poitier was uh, magnificent. Mm -hmm. I later got to work with Sidney Poitier on a film called Shoot to Kill. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. And uh, when he was introduced to uh, the one of the writers, me, and I uh, was also one of the producers, uh, Dan Petrie Jr. And I I saw his face. The expression on his face was like, that little kid has grown up, <laughs> and now I'm feeling I'm getting that expression on my own face more and more. 
And yeah. what about your uh, your mother and your brother? My mother uh, uh, is a uh, TV producer who uh, has won one more Emmy, I think, than my father did. Wow! And uh, uh, my brother is uh, uh, a director of movies such as uh, uh, Welcome to Mooseport and uh, Mystic Pizza. Mystic Pizza. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and How to lose a guy in How ten to days lose or a guy something. In yeah. 10 well, you days. know yeah. so much. Know. You, did you read up? I read on this? up on this. Oh, yeah. right. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think even your sisters were actresses. Uh, my sister uh, June was a development executive and and uh, scout for books and worked at MGM and uh, as a vice president, I think. And my uh, sister. She now, she now, her husband uh, is dean of a film school, and so they live in Florida. She teaches there. Uh, my sister Mary uh, was an actress, no longer active. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, my daughter had the pleasure of uh, training under Brad and yeah. and June. <laughs> That's right. June was her French teacher, and Brad was her uh, theater teacher or uh, her film teacher. Oh, that's great. And that's it's how we met you. And that's yeah. indirectly. It was yeah, through there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And you were kind enough to take a meeting with us, even though I know you had an alarm set for 15 minutes to get the hell out of there. Uh, but that's uh, <laughs> that's good. But, you know, I, I'm intimidated by your family tree. How was it growing up with, because uh, obviously you probably wanted to be in the business early on living in that environment. How was that? So, uh, my parents insulated us from the anxiety of being in the uh, movie business that we never thought anything uh, uh, was negative about it. We thought it was uh, cool. We didn't think, however, that it was glamorous at all. We That's funny. It was just everyday yeah, it was work. work, right? It was work. It was uh, um, my dad used to say he never wanted a nine to five job. So he got a five to nine job, <laughs> uh, and that's pretty much the hour. Yeah, so we yeah. would we would get used to the idea that dad would be home all the time, and then suddenly you'd see him less and less, and then he'd go away entirely, and then the family would move to wherever his location was to wow. live there, mm. uh, and then eventually we'd we'd move back. Wow. So did you want to be a writer right away uh, when you were younger, or did you think of directing? How did you get into writing? When I uh, was uh, a kid, I remember, um, I think it had to be third grade. Is that when you are still printing in third grade yeah. and not mm -hmm. learning cursive? Uh, and I wrote, a, uh, we had an assignment to write a two-page story. And I wrote it in the form of a screenplay. I had in third grade. I, in third grade, wow. I I had uh, put in in capital letters in the center, uh, Nazi guard, <laughs> and then his dialogue, which was, "Hi Hitler." I didn't know it was Heil Hitler. I thought, <laughs> I thought they were saying "Hi Hitler." <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's really uh, funny. That was my first screenplay. 
That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. And and you, but you saw uh, scripts around scripts the house, right? Would be on so the coffee table. None of the like, other kids uh, ever saw that, so yeah. you could kind of model yeah. from that, right? Sure. Oh wow. Sure. So your first big break was Beverly Hills Cop. That's right. What happened That's there? Right. How'd you get that, or how did you write that? How'd you come up with the idea? Well, uh, the idea was already there. There were three scripts prior to me, and they were looking for a new writer. Uh, to come in and and uh, uh, and at that time I had just sold uh, my first script. It was uh, eventually filmed as The Big Easy, but uh, Beverly Hills Cop was the first one to get done. I hadn't got paid yet for The Big Easy, but I I heard about this project. They they said they're looking for a new writer. Now you can imagine. If you've ever seen The Big Easy, with that as a writing sample, no one would hire you to do a comedy. Right. Uh, but they didn't think of Beverly Hills Cop as a comedy. They thought it as a, uh, a police thriller ah. uh, about a guy who comes out of, from out of town to Beverly Hills. But I had been working in Beverly Hills. That was, I had a little office that was my mother's office before me. Uh, that was my one indulgence. Uh, it was uh, uh, $75 a month. Uh, <laughs> Beverly for Hills? The, wow. For this office wow. because it was in a, a building that was called the Writers and Artists Building. It had uh, cubicles upstairs, really tiny uh, spaces for writers and some big spaces for artists. Uh, it it uh, was right at the corner of Little Santa Monica and Rodeo Drive. But I was a newly married guy who had no money. Uh, and I was trying to write full time. So, um, in those days, sometimes you would have to wear a tie to a meeting if it was important. So I would go down the street to see if I could buy a tie and I'd look at something that didn't seem too bad. And it's $400? No, you're <laughs> kidding. I would, I would hear outside my window uh, a screech of brakes and a crunch, and I'd look out, and, and there would be the Mercedes and the Rolls tangled, <laughs> and the two uh, ladies who lunch uh, pulling at each other's hair, and the poodle <laughs> is escaping. Uh, to me, Beverly Hills, for a guy with no money, was funny. Yeah. It was a source of uh, comedy every day. I would walk by art galleries and, and think, Someone's going to buy that. Someone, oh my God, they'll have it in their homes for maybe years. And uh, uh, just people wearing these insane outfits. And uh, so I thought somebody who's coming from a working class neighborhood uh, to, uh, to Beverly Hills to investigate a crime that that could be a funny premise. Fortunately, uh, I don't come off funny, as you are seeing. Oh, right. Uh, you know, I, I just <laughs> yeah, seem like yeah. a regular slow-spoken <laughs> yeah. guy. So uh, uh, they, they would hear me say, I think this could be funny, but yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> 
But tell us about the, you know, the story. And of course, the story doesn't sound funny. A uh, guy has bearer bonds. He's stolen. He's uh, shot in the hallway. Uh, Eddie Murphy is knocked over the head. You know, all, all of these things don't sound uh, particularly funny. Uh, but once they read it, they liked the idea of having a funnier version of the script that that they had while still delivering on the action uh, and everything else, right, right, stuff. And of course, uh, something that's funny costs less to make, uh, usually. So, uh, because it doesn't have to have as many chase scenes and action scenes. But the first actor who uh, said yes to the movie was Sylvester Stallone. And, oh, he's so funny. And he, <laughs> he saw the movie differently, but he was going to star in it until a month before uh, shooting started. When I was hired, rehired on the movie to rewrite Stallone without offending him, uh, but the studio decided, Paramount, decided that uh, they would make Stallone an offer about that he could say no to and say, just give me my millions of dollars that you promised to pay me. But uh, their offer was, if you take everything that Dan wrote for you when I was still on the picture and that he wrote, which was much more different uh, each time you went through, uh, you can take all of that material and so long as it's not a cop who comes from out of town to Beverly Hills, you can make another movie with that. Yeah. And he, Stallone was a total gentleman about the whole thing and he could have said, pay me, but said, no, I'll, I'll do that. I'll make another movie with, with that material. And Thank, God. Thank God. Thank God. He did. He what did. movie it was it? was Cobra. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which was very successful in its own right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that, that, in the meantime, Eddie Murphy, who uh, Paramount had de been developing scripts for, those scripts, for whatever reason, didn't work or weren't ready, and they offered him uh, Beverly Hills Cop, and he said yes. And so my life wow, yeah. suddenly suddenly changed. We have to we have to talk more about this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, Would we, you mind doing part two with us? Sure. Okay. I'd be happy to. There's yeah, these are great here. stories. These, Thank you so much. Oh, you bet. Okay. Thanks for coming, Dan. Yeah, it's my pleasure. All right, we'll see you next time. Hi, Mike and Larry here, inviting you to spend some time at menopause.com. It's a website dedicated to men over 50 and the people who love them. That's right. Articles, videos, podcasts, and a community forum all here at menopause.com. Hey, are you tired of everything from movies to fashion always being aimed at millennials? I know I am. Well, at menopause.com, we focus on you, guys over 50, with stuff you care about. Like sports, sex, humor, health, entertainment, and business. It's all here. Manopause.com. 
menopause.com. It's about time. Join the movement.